0: I'm Amber Cook. Welcome to my podcast, The Dragonfly Connection. In this third season, I've taken the theme from season one, which was called The Holistic Healing Connection, and merged it with a the theme from season two of The Dragonfly Connection. So now, join me every Wednesday for open, honest, inspiring, and healing conversations with people who faced their own health and life challenges, worked through them, and now are on a mission to help you live a healthier, more fulfilling life. My hope is that each episode leaves you more empowered and inspired no matter where you are on your life and healing journey. This episode is sponsored by HealingWays.com. Find a holistic wellness professional and resources to help you on your healing journey. That's HealingWaze.com. Well, since recording this episode, COVID stuff seems to finally be calming down. But now we're witnessing a pretty scary situation over in Europe and Asia. The hits just seem to keep coming. I don't know about you, but I struggle to stay positive, hopeful, and motivated when I see the horrific images of people getting murdered or hear about it and think about all the innocent people caught up in this craziness. I want to help them, but I'm lost on what to do. If you're feeling a little defeated, hopeless, and unmotivated too, this episode might just be the boost of inspiration and motivation you need. Because helping ourselves always helps other people. I believe that with all of my heart. And that's sometimes all that we can do when other options are limited. Self-care must be a part of your daily routine. It must, it must. And if your self-care contains more sweat than zen, then this episode is perfect for you. Or maybe you're trying to figure out what kind of self-care works for you. My chat with Robert might be what inspires you to go after it so you can be the best, most successful version of you. Robert Foster is a successful entrepreneur and a competitive athlete, but as an overcomer, he also knows what it's like to struggle through hardships. At the peak of his career, Robert became an All-American athlete, but that narrative came tumbling down when he encountered what could have been a career-ending injury. And while medical professionals had strong doubts that he would ever bounce back from his injury, Robert proved them wrong and came back even stronger than before. Hence the hashtag, and now the title of this episode, Ignore the Never. Now Robert helps other people develop resilience and confidence by helping them find the power in their own personal stories. I hope you're left feeling more powerful and motivated after you hear his story and wisdom. Enjoy. Yeah, I'm sitting in my car
1: because my my sister had a heart attack last night. It, it was a mild, it, it was a mild one.
2: Yeah,
0: so
1: I'm actually at at the hospital now. She's in sur- she, she's in surgery now. Anyway, so this is good timing.
0: Oh my gosh, Robert! <laughs> Thank you. I'm so sorry though. That's scary.
1: Yeah, very. And um, she, I, I donate I donated a kidney to her in 2011. So it's like her her body's already been through so much, and now this.
0: Well, thanks for being here with me. Well, let's just dive in because I want to I wanna keep our, on time for us and for okay. you and for your sister and everything. So yeah, I really appreciate you being here from your car even. You have a new podcast. What's the t- title of that?
1: I mean, it's not new. It started last year, but it's called Shut Up and Grind with Robert well, but
0: don't you have But don't you have a new one? Like something the deep end or I can't remember. Oh, it.
1: yeah. We about to get deep. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I
1: do that one with my daughter.
0: You do okay. I saw yes. I saw a younger look. I saw a younger co-host on there. I kind of like skimmed, yep. and I was like, "Is that his daughter?" I was right.
2: Okay, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs>
0: so yeah, so you know about deep conversations, and that's what we're going to try to have today. Um, oh yeah, but I want to know more about you. We've already been chatting about your family a little bit, but where are you in the world? I notice an accent.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I live in Rhode Island. Like right now, I'm in New Jersey, and that's where where my sister lives. But okay. I'm I'm from. I was born in New York City, but I was raised in Rhode Island.
0: Oh, okay. So always on the East Coast in that upper yes. Northeast area. Oh, I, yeah. I can't wait to visit someday. I hear it's beautiful over there.
1: Yeah, it's nice. This time of year, it can kind of go go screw a little because it gets cold. Yeah. <laughs> but but uh, late spring, summer, early fall, beautiful.
0: Yeah, I bet. I bet. So you are a very busy person. You have tons of stuff going on. You take care of yourself physically and mentally. That's that's something you really like to do. So, I want you to share with my listeners what some of your favorite self care activities are.
1: It starts with just doing the things that you enjoy, because too too many times, like you know, as adults and as parents, as wives, husbands, workers, we put on so many different hats. And what I find in doing my show, when I ask people to uh, describe themselves.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The the answers they're all typically like a mini resume, and I was like, no 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 no, I I don't care what you do. It's like describe you. It's like who are you? And I always say like I'm a competitor. You know, it's mm-hmm. like we can drop the father hat, drop the entrepreneur hat, drop the podcast hat, and me Rob Foster at my core, I'm a competitor. I love sports. I love competition, and I just I just love being pushed. Okay. And- and then I take that drive and I let that drive translate into the other things that, that I do. Like the way I train people in my gym is mm-hmm. with that same push. When just before this, uh, two hours ago, I had, had a coaching call with three, three people who are writing pitches for their businesses. And I totally dissected all of their, their pitches so they can insert more power into their stories. So like mm-hmm. everything about me is like just competition driven. No. And that probably stems from being the youngest of seven.
0: Right. Right. So, (laughs) so being competitive and especially uh, like in the sports and more physical stuff, that's, that's self-care for you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because that's just, that's just who I am, you know, like at my core Mm -hmm. When, when, like when I relax, I love to hike. I like to go to the mountains but I like the steeper ones. Like the, like the harder the hike, the better it is. It just gets me in a good headspace.
2: Yeah. And I know
1: that's not something that a lot of people would say. People would say, go get a massage or get a facial, go on, a, on some type of vacation. But that doesn't do it for me. It's like, I'm a thrill junkie. <laughs> you know, <so> I'm <laughs> on the complete opposite side of the spectrum. And I actually just had a massage the, the other day
2: uh-huh. and
1: the, ther- the therapist was asking me like, what kind of pressure? and I said, maul me. It's like (laughs) dig in with everything that you have. Like that's what I want. Like Uh, I'm not paying you a hundred bucks so I can fall asleep. Right. (laughs) I want to dig in deep and loosen these muscles up. Like that's what works for me.
0: Yeah, you know, I I am similar. I have that side to myself, and I was a massage therapist for seventeen years, and that's Mm -hmm. what I did for people, (laughs) and because that's what I like. Right. Like I want that deep. And you know, it's funny you mentioned hiking because. Um, it was just yesterday. I was like, ah, I need to like really start hiking, hiking like hard. I'm like you, like I want, I want steep. I want to sweat. Mm. I want to be like out of breath. I want to just, I want to get to that top of yes. that hike. And, and I haven't done that in a long time. So thank you for bringing that up. That's the second <laughs> time in two days that I've had a thought. I'm like, I'm going to do that. I even put it on the calendar. Nice. That I'm going for a hike this weekend. So that that confirms it. Love
1: it, <laughs> love it, and, love it. And where and where do you live?
0: I'm in the Portland area, so I'm oh, okay. I'm a little south of Portland, Oregon. So I'm in area of mountains, lots of mountains. Nice, yeah, love it. Lots of mountains hiking.
1: are definitely my happy place. I love it.
0: Yes, me too. Okay, <laughs> so we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk more about your philosophy and how you help other people. And I'm gonna quote you here. When I asked you what your motto or philosophy was, you said. Within every mess is an inspirational message waiting to be discovered. Once the pain begins to subside, the life lessons will begin to surface and your ability to inspire with those lessons has begun. Loved it. That's why I'm quoting it. And now I want, I know that that quote comes from personal experience. And so before we talk about how you're helping other people now, I want you to share a bit about your own mess, your own pain. And your life lessons that brought you to where you are now.
1: So oh God, there's so many. It's like, which <laughs> one do I tell? <laughs>
0: there's
1: so many So I'll talk about my, my, my flagship story. We'll we'll yeah. call it. Cause a lot of the speeches that, that I do, it, it weaves around this one topic. So I had, I, I was an athlete my entire life and my, my siblings and my parents, we were all athletes. So that's okay. where the, the competitiveness came from. Mm-hmm. And so when my when my son, when my oldest son, he was 13 months, I believe, and his mom just left us, just completely left. Like, I was at work when I got the phone call that she was on a train, <laughs> and wow. I was like, uh, okay, and now... At at that time, I was that dead. Like I didn't know when the kid ate. I didn't know what medicines he took. I, I, does he nap? Does he not nap? Because I was always working.
2: Uh huh. You know,
1: so like I was managing restaurants at that time. So I'd be gone ten, twelve, fourteen hours a day. So I literally knew nothing about my own child. As bad as it sounds, and yeah. so,
2: so that I did wake up what.
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> but like for real. yes but but I did what people do when you have a child. you put yourself on the back burner mm-hmm. and you prioritize the child. But little did I come to find out that idea sucks <laughs> because I ended up letting myself go. I gained a lot of weight, I lost all my muscle, I lost all of my endurance and I, I just one day I was getting out of the shower I know it's gonna sound funny. I was getting out of the shower, caught my reflection, and I had man boobs. <laughs> I, 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 never had man boobs before. I had a, had a round old belly, and now I don't want anybody coming at me about fat shaming. It Has nothing to do with that. I yeah. was shaming myself. Like I was an all American athlete. Mm-hmm. I was I was considered an elite athlete, and when I looked into that mirror, like that's not what that's not what I saw. Yeah, and I was like, this right here, this is not me. Like this is not me, and so I made the decision that day. I was like, you know. I'm done with this. Like I'm done. And I went through, I emptied out all my cabinets. Like if I wasn't in a fit of rage, I would have donated everything, but I would just mad at myself. so I just gathered it all, threw it in a dumpster outside, grabbed my son. There was a local Gold's gym by me that had free, free babysitting. So I joined up the gym again. I went to Walmart, bought a jogging stroller and I got back to being me. And instead of like putting my life on hold for the kid, I weaved the kid into my life <laughs> you know so so that way because like at, at that moment when I saw that reflection I was like what kind of a, what kind of an impact are you going to be leaving for this kid like what what breadcrumbs am I leaving for him to follow mm-hmm. if I'm not doing the things I enjoy if I'm unhappy you know it just went right down right down the list I'm like because that's what I'm teaching him to do mm-hmm. and I was like no it's like I need to reclaim me and I didn't like this then this is just painting painting the initial picture yeah. so I got back into training I got myself back into shape in less than five months I lost 45 pounds and I vowed I would never get over 200 pounds again and I didn't and, uh, and I had seven surgeries and I still didn't gain didn't gain any weight but it was the first surgery that changed everything so I get myself back into shape I said you know what I want I want to get back into competing in track and field Cause mm-hmm. that, that was my primary sport. Like I played pretty much everything, but, but track, that was my jam. And so I was like, I want to get back out there in the old man circuit. Cause I was o- over 30 now. So, you know, uh, so I had to compete in the over 30 <laughs> the bracket.
2: Old, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and so I get out there, it's time for the new England championships. And I had won the long jump, but my, my event was, was, was the high jump. I said, all right, this is, this is the one where I want to get back to my roots. So I go, I'm in a 30 to 34 age bracket. So I had won my bracket. But there was one guy who was in the 45 to 49 bracket that was still jumping. And the competitor in me couldn't let that happen. <laughs> so I was like, no. And my, my now ex was like, you know, you already won. You don't have to keep jumping. I'm like, there's still another guy out here. Yes, I do. Like, that's just how I'm wired. And so I go to jump and I, I, I missed the bar, but I felt a tug in my knee. I was like, hmm, because I, cause I heard it years prior. Like the first year out of high school, I jammed it up, and and I would get tendonitis flare ups. So I just thought it was another flare up.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Little did I know, my body was having a conversation with me. And I just wasn't listening, <laughs> right? So. I said to my ex, I was like, you know, give, give me the tape. I'm going to tape, tape it up. I'm going to take one more jump because I thought the other guy was gassed because on his jump, he missed it, and he wasn't even close to it. So I was like, if I nail it on this one, we can put this all the rest. So I get up there. I'm ready. Nice light breeze. The sun's shining. I'm feeling good. I'm in the best shape of my life. And I start running down towards the bar. I plant. I see white. And I'm on the ground. So it's like, like I blacked for a second and then I come to and I look down at my knee and my kneecap's not there. Oh, my God. <laughs> right. So I kind of like rub my eyes and I look down again and my kneecap was this far up my quad. So my patella oh ten- tendon fully ruptured and like it really shot my kneecap up my leg. And so I was like, maybe I shouldn't have taken that jump. So so I have my hands cupped over my knee, and the athletic trainer comes running over. And I had already yelled for my ex to call for an ambulance because I knew that couldn't be good, right? And so, so like I said, so I had my hands cupped over my knee. So the trainer comes over, and she's like, "Oh, oh my God, are you all right?" I was like, "I'm probably not." I said, "But you know, my my girl already called for for the ambulance," and. And so she's like, oh, I don't know if you're going to need an ambulance. And then I move my hand and she goes, oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) I was like, that's not helping. (laughs) That's not helping me at all. But I was like, but wait, before the ambulance gets here, where do I get my gold medals? (laughs) 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 After all, this is a competition, right? Just because I'm leaving an ambulance, I still want my reward. (laughs) right? And so where it all crystallizes. Was I'm in the ER now and the ER doctor comes over. He takes my brace off and within half a second, he says, you're never going to run or jump again.
0: Oh, how did that feel?
1: And we locked eyes for a second Mm -hmm. and then tears started streaming down my face. Cause like I had just earlier that year, I just made the decision that I wasn't going to manage restaurants anymore. I was going to pursue fitness. So I got tired of missing things with, with my kids. I got tired of asking for time off and asking for, for vacations, getting called in on my days off. So like in that moment, you know, I looked at my ex and now she's got, she's got tears in her eyes. And I looked back at the doctor and I said, without the respect, and I respect your show. I won't say it the way I I said it to him, (laughs) but I said, with all due respect, I said, you don't know me like that. I said, you have, you have the education and the skills to patch my knee back together. You do not decide how I come back.
0: Nice. Good for you.
1: you. And then I coined the, uh, the hashtag ignore the never. And then your boy went to work.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what does that mean? What'd you do?
1: I, I hit rehab hard. Like initially, they said I was going to rehab for about eight, 18 months. I got cleared in four. And so, what they, because they they tell you based on averages.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: when you're an athlete, you're like your body is different than the average person yeah. as far as strength, as far as flexibility. Yeah. You know, so like that's just it's just a fact. Yeah. And so I was like, so you're you're judging that based off of the average person that comes to see you.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, like
1: that ain't me. and so I attacked my physical therapy like they gave me minimums to do Mm -hmm. they didn't give me any maximums so so I I did stuff all day long I was on crutches crutching around planet fitness because remember I said I wasn't going to gain weight either Mm -hmm. so I was still up and up in planet fitness on crutches bicep curling crutching over tricep pull downs and I just did everything I had to do And right as I'm getting back to full strength, Mm -hmm. my sister calls me and this is Christmas of 2009. So this is later that same year. Okay. And I'm thinking she's calling because it's Christmas, calling, talk to the kids. I'll talk to my nieces and nephews and it's all good. But she had a somber tone in her voice and I was like, what's going on? And she's like, well, I'm at the hospital. I was like, cut to the chase (laughs) because I'm a bottom line kind of guy. You know, it's like, it's like, don't, you know, don't spoon feed me. Just smack right. me right in the face with the frying pan. And so I guess like she had originally gone for leg pain and in the testing, they found her kidneys were at 12% function and failing. Wow. And so now my initial thought is this is where it sucks being the healthiest of the seven kids. I was like, because I know, I know what's coming next and, and I'm still rehabbing from this injury.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know? right. so, You're like, all right, so I'm so, listening.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, so I went through that process mm-hmm. to get, to get tes- tested because technically she's my half sister. We have okay. the same, same dad, different moms, but we don't play that half game. And so through all the testing, I was enough, enough of a match. Although I did question it because I guess it's on a six scale and we were two. We were two out mm. of six. And oh, they were wow. like, all right, all right, that's good. We can move forward. I was like, that's not even 50%. Right. <laughs> you know? It's like, I don't want to get cut open for nothing. It's like, is, is her body going to accept this? You know, so I went ahead with that surgery. So now I'm, I'm just gaining strength back in the knee. And then the surgeon comes in and says, hey, so we're testing a new way of extracting kidneys. He's like, you know, would you, would you like to participate? I said, I think I'm going to need a little more info, number one. Like, how new... <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, am i like number two three four right. <laughs> so he's like no no no. he's, he's like i've done well over a hundred of these mm. i was like all right i get to save my sister's life and help further science that's kind of cool that's like hero stuff right there <laughs> so all right i'm in i'll do it so now we fast forward we get that done and then this is where i found the world of obstacle racing because because again i asked all right so what's the average healing time for this you know, let say anywhere from six, six months to a year. I said, 90 days, got it. And so I found an obstacle race that was about 90 days out. And I went and I registered for it. I took some of my gym clients. I said, I'm going to be re- be ready for that. My mm-hmm. doctor was like, I don't know how I feel about that. I was like, I didn't ask how you felt. <laughs> I, like, I, I appreciate the concern, but this is happening. Uh-huh. You know, and so because I went back to that whole ignore the never mentality from the knee injury. And so from those two events, that's how I structured my fitness training. That's how I structure my, my business coaching. Like I help people, people create their stories. Yeah. And, and I used the lessons from those two and, and I, and I teach people how to find the teachable moments. Like the fact that my kneecap broke, that's not the inspirational part It's the part that somebody tried to tell me how I was going to proceed forward.
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: and how I was able to defy that. And I stepped into my own power and to my own will drive and determination. And I was able to write my own story. Yeah, you know, And too many times we let other people dictate our path. Like if you have a great idea, hey, I'm going to write a kid's book about the importance of eating pickles. And if someone comes, Oh, that's just stupid. Right. But you'll be surprised that you could probably make a bestseller writing a kid's book about pickles, (laughs) you know, with the right, with the right mindset and the right effort and determination, you can make that happen.
0: Yeah. Agreed. So So I know that was a
1: long answer, but you know, you gotta, you gotta kind of know all of it to really get No, that's
0: (laughs) That's great. So now I know that you're competitive, but it's more than just competition. It's it's this mindset you have. Have you always been like that?
1: Well, knowing my father, you know, sadly he passed in twenty nineteen. Sadly ish, because had he survived into twenty twenty, he'd have been alone. <laughs> so you know, like we can find some solace that that he that he actually passed just before all this COVID stuff hit. Right. But but that man, there was never any quit in that man. None, hmm. none whatsoever. So he was an engineer, and, he, and but when I tell you, he can build anything it doesn't matter if it was electrical if it was plumbing if it was carpentry if it was just no, no matter what it was he could do it welding and you know he would run into into curveballs and be like oh, plan b oh, plan mm-hmm. c oh, plan plan D." right that's I i want to give just, just a quick story in- into this man's mind and then it- it'll help you shape more of how i got mine yeah so he and my mom bought a new dining room table and a new refrigerator Right, So they they both get put in. You open the refrigerator and it hits the dining room chair. Now, us normal people would either get a smaller fridge or a smaller table. Oh no, not dead. So I'm driving down. I'm coming up the driveway and he's got half the house ripped apart. Half of the siding, I should say, ripped apart. And I pull it. I'm like, what are you doing? So where the door was and the window was, He reversed them. (laughs) He reframed that entire side of the house because he wanted that fridge and that table. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. I
0: feel like that's something I would actually do too. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) You know, okay, so on that note then, I mean, you and I both come from parents like that then, you know, and that's, yes. and I feel like I really can do anything and I will try any, yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't work. Okay. Go on to something else or I'll make it work if I really want it to, you know, but for people not like us, do you think that this, this drive you have this mindset is something that people can learn?
1: Yes. Cause honestly, everybody has it. Mm-hmm. Everybody has it. I'm in a process of writing a book and one of the quotes in the book, it says, if 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 a child were just allowed to to just grow without toxic interference from outsiders, they would naturally become who they were meant to be. Um, Somewhere along the lines, people get their wings clipped and yeah. then they end up believing these things that other people tell them, kind of like the doctor. T- he didn't even hesitate when he said that to me.
0: Right.
1: He didn't even hesitate. He just I looked at you. it and just gave me a, di- a diagnosis. And I was like, seriously, and and th- there are people who are told things, whether it's from their parents, whether it's from their siblings, or maybe a bully at school, and, and they they keep it with them. And so, and part of what I do with, with the story creations is, is I help them face things that have hurt them in the past, and help them find the power in it. You know, I was like, by you staying in this mindset, you're giving that event power, you know, like, when I got back out onto the track, I completed the comeback. You know, it took me seven years. You know, so for seven years, I had that fear, like, what if it breaks again? What if it breaks again? And then one day, I was just like, what if it doesn't? <laughs> I was Like, if it doesn't, then this has a friggin' awesome ending. <laughs> you know, yeah. something that's taking me out. And the dude with the PhD told me I'd never do it again and now I'm, I'm going to get back out there. So like, I'm going to do it. And so, yeah. so the second I got back out there and I ran and I made the first jump, the comeback was complete. And now, and now the setback was, was forgotten, mm-hmm. you know? So the fact that that happened it's like, I'm not even mad that that happened because it didn't defeat me, you know? Yeah. So I, so that was my own choice. So people choose to stay in a negative mindset. Mm-hmm. And so, when you surround yourself with positivity and you learn how to process the events that have happened to you in your life and you realize it's not about you, you know, like the things that I do, it's not about me. It's Mm -hmm. like, what can I do to inspire you? Like I'm here talking to you and talking to your audience, not just about me, but it's just about things that have happened to me that I was able to get through that someone listening, We'll we'll be like, yeah, I I need to break through this this thing.
2: Yeah,
0: you
1: know. So, so now it's bigger than just me. It's bigger than just you. It's mm-hmm. it's helping people realize. Wait a minute, I'm a prisoner in my own mind.
0: Right. Yeah. So many people you know? are. So yeah. what then inspired you? Speaking of inspiration, to take this story, to take everything that you've learned and overcome, and worked through, and processed, like you said. And, and now your focus is not just helping people with the physical stuff. Cause you, I understand you are still, are you still a personal trainer? Yes. Okay. Um, but you're really into, you know, you're a motivational speaker and you really are obviously listening to you now. You love to pass this knowledge on what got you to this point. Why did you decide to make that turn to really focus even, you know, deeper beyond even the physical, but just change people's mindsets?
1: It's one of those things that I was already doing without, without really knowing. So I opened up my own gym in 2014 because before mm. that I was rent, renting space. I'm actually back to rent, renting space now. Thank God. Cause if I had all that overhead with, with all the lockdowns last year, it would have sunk me. So, right. so anyway, <laughs> yeah. so as we were packing up that facility in my private Facebook group, I asked my clients to post your favorite memories of this building mm. and not one person. Mention weight loss, gaining muscles. It was all about belief. It was about um, helping them overcome obstacles. People accomplishing things that they never thought was possible. It was just all these things that like I didn't, I didn't expect to see. <laughs> you know, yeah. like I expected to see milestones like, oh, you know, I deadlifted 250 pounds or thing, things of that nature. But it was all personal development related.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: so I was like, I was subconsciously already doing this. And then even yeah. as a restaurant manager, same thing. Like I would in the, in the kitchen, have you ever worked in a restaurant or have you ever heard the term in the weeds?
0: I was once a hostess many, 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 many years ago. I haven't heard that term.
1: Okay. <laughs> All right, so so that term just basically means that you're buried. You know, okay. it's like you're absolutely buried. So as a kitchen manager, I would always tell tell my my cooks, like, you can't weed me. Like, say it, you can't weed me, you can't weed, no matter how busy we get, they cannot bury you. It's like mm-hmm. you guys are too good you guys are too good for this, you know. And so so I made it more than just about cooking. You know, and same thing yeah. with this with with, with the servers too. I'm like, you're not just serving food; you are making somebody's night. There are people here celebrating a birthday, an anniversary. There are people here on a first date. It's like, and you guys are playing a role in that event. I'm like, this is not just about you slinging some food and getting tips. It's like you guys have the power to really, really make someone's night. And then yeah. so where where it really clicked was I got asked to speak with the New England organ donors. So, association at a, at a local, uh, business up there called ocean state job lot. So they were having this lunch, lunch and learn for all their corporate employees. And when I went there and I shared, I shared my story of, of organ donation with, with my sister and just the effect that it had on people,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, I was like, this is some powerful stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you know? it, was, it was like, cause to me, I lived it, yeah. you know? So it's one, it's one of those things when you live it, like you really can't see the the power in it because this is just what I do. It's not about you. Yes, this is your life. Yes, you're telling your life stories, but you have to tell your life stories in a way that someone else can benefit from it.
0: Yeah, I love that. And it is, if we, uh, you know, you said that in your, um, application, you know, you want to inspire people to make their healing journey about something bigger than themselves, just like you explained, yes, because it does help us to help other people. And like, if we could all just understand that.
1: Exactly. It's like, and that's why we all have different skill sets, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. it's like people, People are taller, people are shorter, pe- pe- people are skinny, people are bigger, people are mm-hmm. white, people are black, people are Protestants, people are Christian, you know what I mean? But but we can all learn from each other. <laughs> yes, 100%. Yeah, you know?
0: We just need to listen and,
1: yeah.
0: and look I did for a, that connection.
1: I did a women's empowerment group. This was back in 2015, I believe. I had 41 women sh- showed up and, you know, there's always that one. There's got to be that one smart ass in the group, you know, and I overheard her saying, I thought this was, this was a women's empowerment group. Why is he here? <laughs> you know, and so, so in, my opening, in my opening monologue, you know, I addressed that. Yeah. You know, I, I, said, I said, you are here, obviously, for motivation or inspiration. Don't judge where it comes from. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like just because it's coming from me. I've been working with women my entire life. And mm-hmm. I have four sisters. Yes. <laughs> I have a lot of experience working with women. Right. You know, and even in even now in the gym, you know, I found 90 percent of my clientele are, are moms,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know. So it's like I, I, I tell people I can tell a pregnant woman what she's going to feel every step of pregnancy because I've trained that many pregnant women. Yeah, I said now, granted, I can't relate really relate because yeah. I've never felt it. You know, I've ne- never felt though, but I, but I know what you're going through, yeah. you know? So it's like, when I'm working with you, I can still connect with you.
0: Yeah. And you know what they're going through because you have connected with them. You've yes. listened to them. You, you can say, I, I can understand from an outsider that's never gone through birth, but or in pregnancy, yes. because I've listened because I've connected to other people. Like you just said yes. it right there. Like, yes.
1: Like, you know, the point is, is just to not not dismiss what someone can bring to the conversation.
2: Right. Yeah.
1: You know, yep. so like I was on I was on a panel about race and there was a white man on the panel and he was he was given his giving his take. And one of one of the other the other women just st- started like just dismissing everything that he said because he's white. And I said, listen, if we're talking about race and racism, white people are part of the conversation. I said, so you have to be open to listen to their point of view. It's it's like, you can't include them in the conversation, but exclude their point of view. (laughs) (laughs) It it doesn't work that way.
2: Yeah. (laughs) So in
1: any type of discussion and any type of conversation, Mm -hmm. you want to get down to the real deep heart of the matter. And I I, I started this program called speak about yourself out loud. And it's it's kind of funny how I started. So when the gyms got shut down last year, and I started my podcast. I didn't really know what I was doing with the podcast. I wasn't sure what I want, wanted the theme to be or, or any of that stuff. But I was like, damn it, you're good at talking. Just turn on the camera and start talking. And so <laughs> I joined a couple of mastermind groups just to, to, you know, you want to connect with like-minded people.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and I joined one about getting into media. And so <laughs> in this group, and she's having people introduce themselves. Boy, oh boy, so many people suck at it. it was was so bad it's like people were talking for like five minutes like it and and i i still don't know who you are or what you do right like it was that bad a lot of uh um uh wow Mm -hmm. (laughs) like snooze fast, snooze fast, snooze fast. and so i started private messaging people like hey you know if you want i can help you out with that intro you know hey i can help you out with that intro and i connected with about 20 people from that group and i was like i'm on to something here
2: Mm-hmm. you
1: know I'm on to something and e- even in my podcast one of the first questions I ask people is to describe themselves mm-hmm. and so now I have to tell them backstage before we go live because it was catching them off guard I'm
2: like
0: yeah. I'm like you're 60 years old how can you not describe yourself <laughs> it, is a, it is a really big challenge for people in the business, really I mean, in the business world I was a business coach and <laughs> Oh yeah. That's like one of the hardest things for people, you know, so I'm going to uh, hit on self-awareness because this is kind okay. of leading there. And I had a question about that. And I think it comes, I think this ties into self-awareness. Like you said, you're 60 years old. You don't, you're not even aware enough to like be able to describe <laughs> yourself. And when I, so when I asked you, one of the topics you wanted to discuss was self-awareness, which I believe, and I, I believe you think this as well. It's one of the most important things you need to be really successful in all aspects of life, your health, your, your business, uh, your hobbies, everything. (laughs) So I would love if you could share some steps, like someone listening right now that they could take to become self-aware. So when they're asked that question, it's easier for them.
1: So in my, in my program, so let me start with the, with the gym, right? I'm going to use yeah. an example of if someone wants to lose weight, okay, right? I came up with a seven step process and through that process, I I find out if people are serious or not, mm. no, cause like there's, there's an idea and then there's a goal and then there's an action plan.
2: Right. So
1: most people start with the idea. It's like, Hey, I want to do X, Y, Z. It's like, okay, how are you going to get there? Why do you want to get there? What is that going to do for you? Who are you going to work with? What problem does it solve? And people are like, whoa. You know, so (laughs) it may not seem like that. I just want it. Don't
0: make me think.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It may not seem like that ties into self-awareness, but but it's huge because most people don't know what they want. Mm
2: -hmm. Like
1: it, it it starts there. That's one of the toughest things when I'm helping people craft a story. It's like, all right what do you want the audience to take away from this? And I was like, be, like, before we even start with getting into your stories, what do you want the audience to take away? And a lot of people can't answer that question. It was mm. like, we can't craft your story if we don't know what the end result's gonna be. That's yeah. like trying to build a, build a house that you don't have the blueprint for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it's, it's like right. you can't do it you got to know where, where's the kitchen going where do we want the toilet where, where do we want the sink where do we want, want the bedrooms right it's like you have to know all of that stuff then you can build it yeah so I tell people you have to go to the mirror and you can ask yourself dude or uh
0: dude works for whatever, everybody
1: whatever <laughs> whatever you, you, you know what I mean right dude yeah. <laughs> what do you want uh-huh. it's like is it, that something like what do you want why do you want it how will your life change when you get that thing you know, so with with me, when I started, well, well when I first started speaking,
2: mm-hmm.
1: this was something that I had to learn because I thought if I just get up and I just speak better than everyone else, then that's just it, right? That's the thing. And so I went to a speaker. Uh, have you heard of er- Eric Thomas, the motivational speaker? I'm not familiar. Like, super All right, familiar. he's a, he's a less brown disciple. It's like he's, he was, he's oh, one okay. of my favorites. Like he okay. gets so. He gets so into it. Like my, my daughter and I went to see him in Manhattan uh, a couple of years ago. Like he's, he's just such a powerful presence. And I was like, I love this dude. And so I joined his speaker bootcamp, right? $3,000 for a one weekend bootcamp. And like, I, I wanted, I wanted to come out of it, come out of there with some gold coins, right? But I came <laughs> out with, with even more though. So I get in there, and Eric Thomas was actually present on the second day, and it was, I, I got to speak on the second day. So I was like, this is my opportunity, right? Yeah. I gotta get in there, and I gotta, I gotta let the personality shine. I gotta let, I gotta let everybody in here know that there's levels to this, you know? And they ain't on mine, you know? I'm confident enough to say that stuff. So I get in there, and I'm doing my story. You know, I'm making the eye contact and everybody's dialed in on, in on me and life is good. So I fly back to Boston and I'm driving back down to Rhode Island and my phone rings. And I see it's uh, Eric Thomas's CEO. And so I was like, CJ, what's going on? He's like, Robert, you know, I want to thank you for coming down. He's like, I got to say, he's like, out of everyone, he said, you are far and away the most polished speaker there. And I was like, yes, you know, because that, that that was the goal. right? Uh-huh. But then there was awkward silence. I was like, Oh no, (laughs) but there it is. There it is. Like I knew it. No awkward silence is always followed by the butt.
2: Yeah.
1: He's like, but he says, but you're my most frustrating type of student. I was like, okay, I'm listening. And he says, Mm -hmm. you know, your story was so polished. There was no emotion in it.
2: Ah, yeah. I was like,
1: Oh, I was like, oh, okay, okay. You know, then he gave me some examples from my talk. And you know, he was talking about losing my job mm-hmm. when my, my ex was pregnant with twins, mm-hmm. seven and a half months pregnant with twins, oh, wow. kids number four and five, yeah. <laughs> and losing my job. <laughs> and so he's like, and you just glossed over that. He's like, there, there, he's like, there's so much power in there. He's like, but you're afraid to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. I was like, I ain't afraid of nothing. <laughs> like, what are you talking about like, i'm a daredevil and i was like oh shut up shut up listen just listen
0: right and you're he like, was is, and he was right time when you realize it's not a competition <laughs> yes <laughs> exactly <laughs> so you know, anyway but- so he tells you tells you you're not you're not vulnerable enough so what do yeah
1: you do that? yeah well yeah well he used the word word afraid he's like you're afraid to be vulnerable
2: afraid and he's
1: like you know you take eric he's like eric was probably the worst speaker there but he had everybody in tears because mm. mm-hmm. his because he got attacked and he got stabbed. You know, so he went he went into that whole story and like you know, everybody in there was like t- uh, tears yeah. in the eyes and all that stuff. So so like his delivery was God awful, but he had the emotion in the story,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, and that that comes from being self-aware, yes. you know, like being being able to stand up and be like, you know what? I went through a divorce and here's where I went wrong. Mm -hmm. Because people want to say, I went through a divorce, and this is where she went wrong. Or this is where he went wrong. They won't say this is where I went wrong.
2: Right.
1: And so once I started owning my own truths, that's when everything else, believe it or not, maybe it becomes so much easier, Mm -hmm. because you don't have to hide. Like there's no parts of my life and I've done good, bad, and ugly in my forty-seven years. I've done it all. Mm-hmm. And I get up on stage and I share the times where where I've broken someone's heart. I share the times where where I stole I, I used to steal in my teens. You know, mm-hmm. I, I used to take money out of my dad's wallet. And it was like I share, I share all those moments. Like like it's okay. Cause at the end of the day, I'm taking those moments and I'm using them to move me forward. Right. And that's the first step to be in self awareness is to realize that your mess is part of your message it's mm-hmm. part of it and yes. don't be afraid to share it don't worry yeah. about the fear of judgment worry about the joy of inspiration yeah cuz somebody out there is going to resonate with your story so yeah. the five people that might hate hate on your story just erase them say <laughs> yes. just just erase them right. from your circle you're like you don't have to worry about them Mm-hmm. you know so you step into the ones who resonate with your story yeah. and then that's uh, like i said earlier that's where it becomes bigger than just you
0: yes and you are you're showing people that yeah once you you step out you st- you share your story that it it does it connects you and it helps like you just said inspire others helps others but and it really like gets rid of that shame that so yes. many people carry around and you mentioned glossing over it's like we like to gloss over everything <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: in the world. It <laughs> seems right. And, yeah. and people end up doing that to themselves. Like you were saying, like you gloss over your stories. So then you're glossing over yourself. And, yes. and that creates shame. It creates all kinds of stuff. And you can't move forward and, and be the most successful and healthy person that you yes. can be. Yeah. I, I
1: want to give, I want to give you two quick examples too. Yeah. From, from the call I had before this one. Mm-hmm. So as I said, the the purpose of this is um, I volunteer with with a program called uh, Social Enterprise Greenhouse, where where they help startups nice. get started. So mm-hmm. they're they're in the phase now where where they're writing the pitches for their businesses, and then they they have breakout breakout rooms where people like my like myself will listen to their pitches and then help them you know, re-, re reframe them to make them more powerful. Mm-hmm. So one of the women I'm listening to, to her pitch and she's about healing chronic illnesses, naturally into ho- holistic health and, and all that good stuff. And so we went through the first take. I gave her my feedback. I let her go, go again. I gave her feed, feedback and, and, and I, was, I was like, you need more of a personal story. And then she tells me she survived a stroke. I was like, why did it take 20 minutes to get that out of you? I'm like, that's the heart of your story. right? <laughs> you know, you know yeah. but like but she, she's just unsure of how to tell it, mm-hmm. you know? And so, so I told her, I was like, look, I said, I'm in New Jersey now. I said, but when I get back, like, we're going to spend 30 minutes. We can hop, hop on a zoom call and we are going to iron out that story. I said, yeah. because that has to be the heartbeat of your pitch. Yeah. I said, that's so that's what makes people lean in. I said, mm-hmm. when I told the story of my knee, you know, what was the lean-in part? When I looked down and my kneecap wasn't there. <laughs> that's the, <laughs> whoa, what? <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. I was like, that's the lean-in moment. Yeah. I said, so So you got to start this, this this pitch. Yes, you can talk about chronic illness and then you tie into, and I survived a stroke.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and then yeah. this these are the things I'm doing to keep myself healthy and, and X, Y, Z. And then the other woman, same thing with her. Her pitch was super vague. And now this one, this one, it cuts deep. And I realize it'll be tough to talk about, but a friend of hers committed suicide in front of her, Mm -hmm. you know, and she just doesn't know how to put that into the pitch. And I was like, because we can hit an absolute home run with that story, you know, Mm -hmm. as as far as selling her brand. I said, because that's, that's something that, that, that's rare. You know, like, I mean, in all of my, my years of doing this, I've never heard that. Like, I, I've spoken with people about suicide and who have yeah. dealt with the aftermath of suicide. But th- this, this will be the first time of someone witnessing it. Mm-hmm. But but there's so much power in there. Yeah. You know, like there's so many ways that you were affected, so many feelings that you felt. And we're going to extract those feelings and turn them into a powerful story. So, so just going back to your original thing about self Mm self-awareness is just knowing that what happened to you is your power. Yes, You know, how you came back from it is your superpower. Yes. You know, so surviving a stroke is one thing that that's power. Yeah. Now, now you're on this journey to get people healthy and possibly prevent them. That's now a superpower.
0: Yes. And so back to you then. How has it made you feel to be more vulnerable and to be sharing those ugly parts of your story? Like, how does that make you feel? How does that help you?
1: It's, it's, it's awesome. It's yeah. absolutely awesome. Like I, I tell people it, it heals you. Like when I talk yes. about losing my father, you know, it's like people will always say, you know, losing a parent, it's it's, it's the worst thing ever. And it definitely wasn't a good thing. Yeah. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't good watching him. Like he lost so much weight. He was lo- losing strength. You know, he'd call me down to, to pick up, pick up this really heavy box and I get down in a box of like 30 pounds. <laughs> you know what I mean? But but like just, just watching that deterioration because he was always a Superman to me. Yeah. You know, like I said, said that like there was nothing that he couldn't do. So to watch him in the, in those moments, but then I took it to a place of gratitude. Mm-hmm. Cause I was like, you know what? There are people that don't know their dad. There are people whose dad is locked up. There's pe- people whose dad they're deployed overseas and, and they never get to see him. Mm-hmm. Like this man was a rock in my life for 45 years, yeah. you know? And, and he pretty much died the way he wanted to. Cause he said once he can't build anymore, that's when his time was going to be over. The last thing he did before he went to the hospital was he and my son fixed my mom's car. Cause my son is also a mechanic. Okay. So like he, he got to, he got the last thing he did on this earth really was doing what, what he loved. I mean, he did spend some time in a hospital. He did end up uh, slipping into a coma and then he, he ended up going into cardiac arrest. He had stage four heart failure, mm. but, but, but like, if I tell that story from a place of personal feelings, mm-hmm. Then that that's not what inspires other people. When when I extract the lessons and, and that feeling of gratitude and being thankful that he passed when he did and he didn't make it into 2020 where things would have been all backwards and weird, yeah. you know, and he would have been been by himself. Yeah. And it's like he he died with three generations of people around him. Mm-hmm. you know three generations my mom had her cell phone sang their song to him you know oh. we all got we all got to say goodbye tell him we love him because he they unsedated him enough to where he was coherent mm-hmm. you know where he could shake his head yes and say, say and he couldn't talk cause he had two, tubes in his throat and everything but but he was able to acknowledge us and like we were able to say goodbye yeah. you know so so like so the power in that story is it's not the losing him part you know, it's everything else. So like Mm -hmm. recognizing that he's going the way he wants to go because he would have royally sucked as a really old person. (laughs) He he, he was 79, you know, but like if he if he had like an oxygen tank or if he needed like my mom's help with everything, he would have been he would have been miserable, you know. So just just taking solace in that that he didn't suffer, like living to be 90, 95 would have been the worst thing for him, you know. So it's like Picking out those moments in that story, going yeah. back to it's not about me. Do I miss him? Of course I do. Yeah. Would I love to hear hear the sound of his voice? Absolutely. Yeah. But he he went the way he wanted to, so yeah. I can take solace in that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, be able to to see the message in the mess, like you yes. you said before. So yeah, I think if anyone listening takes anything from this conversation, it's just that like being able to find those inspirational, beautiful moments to be grateful for with even within the pain and all the BS. Our time is running out. So I have a couple more questions for you. I'm really excited. This one, I started asking some of my listeners to submit some questions. And there was one that I think would be perfect for you. It's from uh, Instagram follower, Cammie Holloway. And her question was, I'd love to hear about self-care of the mind. So it's kind of what we've been talking about already, but she wants to know how to help with the all-consuming thoughts, racing mind syndrome that, that so many people have that. I think this is me adding to the question, but those things tend to really, you know, spin people out (laughs) and (laughs) and they're so counterintuitive and product counterproductive to what you're speaking to. So do you have an answer for that?
1: I do. And it's about understanding how we're wired,
2: Mm -hmm. right?
1: Because men and women are wired differently. You know, even if you go back to like to like the caveman days, you know, like the men were always on guard for protection. The women were about protecting the kids. Yes. You know, it's it's, it's like that that that's our genetic biological makeup. Mm -hmm. So now we fast forward to 2021. Our DNA hasn't changed anything. Right. You know, so we're we're still wired that same way. So women's minds are always thinking about the what ifs. Yeah. The what ifs. Like, have you ever <laughs> been awake at night and your husband is like just like knocked out right next to you and you just can't understand why? Oh, the good. You know, good because <laughs> you know men you know, men find it a little easier. Mm-hmm. You know, and I can't put everyone in the same box. You know, but yeah. just saying uh, on average. There's actually a good video that t- talks about this. He says, men has a series of boxes, right? Mm-hmm. And we can take out one box, extract this content, deal with what needs to be dealt with, put the cover back on and replace the box. Yes. Where, and he says, women's minds are like the internet superhighway where where there's thoughts going on all day long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So. So one thing that I try to help people with, because a lot, a lot of my, my clients say say that that they struggle with that. And it's called doing a brain dump. Like before you go to bed, just write out anything that might be mentally unresolved and yes. you, you just write it down and be like, I'm going to deal with this tomorrow. You know, so, yeah. so, so now in your mind, you shifted it to the next day,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, rather than thinking oh, I I didn't fold the towels or I didn't do this or I I didn't text so-and-so back. Oh, I forgot to respond to that email. You know, just write it down, you know, respond to email, fold the towels, you know, return so-and-so's text and then see if that helps. Mm. Uh, Another thing it would be to put on, I'm I'm not saying you got to go into full-blown meditation because for me personally, I know this is going to sound completely contradictory to what what I just said, but like I, I can't meditate because my mind doesn't shut off. (laughs) <laughs> like, okay. like until I'm re- ready for bed. When I'm re- ready for bed, I close all boxes and I knock out. <laughs> right, but but for for people that just need to just take a moment, maybe put on some sounds of nature or just whatever it is you want to listen to. Maybe a motivational speech, you know, a podcast like this one. Just something that that just floods you with positivity. Yeah. And just try to drown out those those negative thoughts if they're if they're negative thoughts. But yeah. if, if it's something that's keeping you up, it's usually not good stuff. You know, yeah. usually good good stuff we can take those to bed with us. You know, but it's usually <laughs> those unresolved things, or if you had a fight with someone and you're trying to process the fight. Mm-hmm. But to to just try those two things. The first thing is to, is to write it down. Like journaling helps because you're you're taking it from your mind to the paper.
2: Yeah, and
1: then a lot of my clients find that that's helpful
2: hmm.
0: Nice. Thank you. Okay. And then professionally and creatively, you did mention a book. Mm-hmm. What else do you have going on for 2022?
1: I want to do more, more speaking. I'm, I want to get back on stages. Okay. You know, like, I was like, I like the virtual thing. I really yeah. do. But I love the energy of being on stage. Yeah, absolutely love it. And so a few, a few of my podcast guests and I were, were coming up with, well, I started doing an all star panel. Mm -hmm. So I had to have my fourth one coming up on Saturday. And after the second one, I mean, like the first one was really good, too. But just the energy level of the second one was incredible. And I I had written in the private comments, the private comments. I was like, uh, we need to be charging for something like this. I mean, because when I tell you, we we brought the fire. We really did. And so after the third panel, (laughs) after the third panel with that group, I was like, we should we should come up with, with an event you know so we're actually brainstorming some type of an event mm-hmm. that we can just just help people who are stuck you know yeah. cuz there's there's so many of them like now entrepreneurship isn't for everyone yeah. but that doesn't mean you know to get unstuck you have to become an entrepreneur that's not it it could just be having the courage to ask for that promotion mm-hmm. you know or or to ask for a job transfer or something along along those lines yeah, but the event's going to yeah yes yeah. Yeah, so no, so the event's going to be geared toward towards that, but I'm kind of excited for that one because then that can lead to further events. It can lead to doing a retreat because because mm-hmm. I was actually planning to do a fitness retreat for for 2020, but we we know how how that ended. Right. But but yeah, but just anything that I can do that just helps people further believe in themselves. Like that's nice. that's what I'm working on.
0: Exciting, yeah. So one last question, you know, these are really trying times, which you know, you can't help but mention it's just, it just is around us. Yeah. And just, so right now I just want to be transparent to my listeners. It is December 2nd. Um, you're going to be listening to this at the end of February. So you, my hope is maybe things, I don't know where we're going to be, whatever. I'm just going with the flow. Um, but right now I do know that people are feeling really beat down. You know, it's been almost two years of all this COVID BS. And do you have any last words just, you know, something powerful. I'm I'm expecting something good from you, Robert. <laughs> to help motivate and inspire people listening that are just having a really hard time getting up, even like every day, just literally getting up out of bed and facing another day of it.
1: So I want to start with what I mentioned earlier
2: mm-hmm.
1: about when that doctor said you'll never run or jump again. Mm-hmm. I could have gone either direction with that. Yeah. I could have just taken taken what he said, spent a year and a half in physical therapy. And just accepted the fact that I was going to be a shell of myself for the rest of my life.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Or you can ask yourself these words. What are you going to do? Because action trumps everything.
2: Yeah. It
1: doesn't matter what's going on in your life. If you take action, things will happen. See, too many times people always say Now's not the right time. Like mm-hmm. if an opportunity falls in your lap, I'm pretty certain you're only alive today. Because tomorrow isn't here yet and, and yesterday has gone.
2: Yeah.
1: So you're only alive right now. If an opportunity falls in your lap, it presents itself right now. The universe is telling you to move on it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> to move on it. And I hear all the time, people will come to me with these stories. Sometimes they're in tears. You right. know, it's like people, you, you have to make the jump. No matter okay. what it is, you have to make the jump. You know going back to getting the coverage to get back out on that track again because if my knee would have ripped again I would have needed a total replacement mm-hmm. and those only last about 10 to 15 years I heard so back then I was 44 I want to say mm-hmm. so it's like I probably would need you know you know heaven you know having a uh, willing mm-hmm. I would need like two or three yeah. <laughs> you know in my lifetime yeah but but it's like Facing the courage. You know how you get courage? By facing fear. You know how you get experience? By learning from your failures. Right? So if you're you're that person that's stuck in a rut and you have something that you want to do or you have a skill that you can teach someone else, if you take that first step, you're going to see every opportunity that you're not seeing now because you keep looking inward.
0: Mm, Okay. Thank you. And Mm -hmm. are you still running and jumping today? Sure M. Good. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Robert, I am very grateful to finally be able to talk with you. And I hope everything goes well with your sister.
1: Yeah, me too. I, she should be, she should be out of surgery now. So when I go okay. back in, hope, hope, hopefully, hopefully there's no blockages.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you just keep on being that light and that inspiration in her life right now. She's lucky to have you. We're all Thank lucky you. to have Appreciate you. Thank it. you. They, we're lucky uh-huh. to have you in this world. So Robert, I appreciate you and I will be thinking of your sister. I think everything's going to work out fine though for her for you too. So yeah, thank you pleasure i hope you enjoyed that as much as i did our stories may be different but we all have one thing in common we're all trying to figure out how to navigate life on this planet and none of us have it completely figured out no matter what you're going through in your life just know that you are never really alone come back every wednesday for more inspiration and connection and follow me on instagram at the dragonfly mama so we can stay in touch between episodes